0: You're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast. The show about photography, design, creativity and more. With your hosts Dave Clayton and Alan Hess. Hi and thanks for joining the podcast again. Uh, We've had a little bit of a break again. There's been quite a lot going on at the moment, uh, but we're getting back into the saddle again. We've got a couple of interviews already done and edited, ready to go for the next couple of weeks. Uh, This week we're joined by Brad Moore. And before we start, I just wanted to say firstly thank you everyone for sticking with us and for still commenting on social media. It really means a lot. Uh, It's been a tricky time for everybody and even ourselves we've started to take a couple of weeks off in between episodes mostly to give them a bit of room to breathe there's so many more episodes out there from different genres of businesses and entertainment uh that every day it kind of your podcast is in a much bigger group of ones to listen to so we appreciate all the people downloading and listening uh but yeah the apology is the audio this week Um, when I set it up for the interview I uh, what I've done in my office I've done a bit of a change round and I now my mic is now shared between two computers and I thought I'd switched from one to the other subsequently sat there interviewing Brad with Alan leaning into the mic thinking my lovely warm dulcet English tones were coming through nice and bassy Uh, but no uh, I was leaning into a microphone that wasn't plugged in and subsequently the audio was picked up by my iMac uh, which was about Two foot away from me, so my audio's got a little bit of tinniness to it. Uh, so I apologise for that, but uh, we should be back to normal uh, on the next few episodes. Now that I've got my my little recording system worked out, so um, without further ado, we'll jump into this week's episode and uh, see you next time. Hello and welcome to another episode of He Shoots He Draws. Uh, it's been a little bit of a break. We've had lots of things going on, but today. We've got one of those guests that we've just nagged, hounded, sent threatening letters to, used everything we possibly could to get him on the show, um, and it's been worth the wait, definitely. It's our good friend, Mr Brad Moore. Hello, Brad. Hello, Dave. Hello, Alan. How are you guys today? <laughs> We're very well, thank you. Good. Thank you for coming on. Um now, a lot of a lot of people who listen to the show, like we were saying off air, like everyone's kind of got their stuff going on at the moment. And obviously, COVID's kicked most people into touch in terms of what they're doing. However, there are still some of us doing day jobs and children and all sorts of things. So um, so thank you for like finding the time. We're recording this on a Saturday. It was the best day we could get all together. But I really appreciate you coming on. Long overdue, but all good things come to those who wait. And if this is our last ever episode, then you would be the perfect guest for that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be unhappy with this. Let's, let's
1: wait to make our statement till the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this could be the end of the podcast. Um, but yeah, for, um, for anyone joining
0: us, so Brad's a really good friend of ours. He's an awesome concert photographer, but he's one of those people that when you look, when you hear the stories about him and look at his kind of career, look at his CV, he should be about fifty-eight, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's like yeah, he days. looks it. <laughs> <laughs> but Brad's got. Uh, I mean, I met I met Brad through NAPP, working with Scott Kelby and Kelby One. Um, but obviously, like most of our guests that that I've met through that, there's a lot before that that's that's about them that I've I never really get to know. So. Tonight, over the next four hours, uh, we're just going to do a deep dive into your thoughts, and your, <laughs> your personal problems, and anything you want to discuss. Um, but no, just for just for the listeners who wouldn't know you, Brad, uh, like if someone walks up to you in a bar and says, oh, what do you do? What What's your kind of stock answer for that at the moment?
1: Well, these days, uh, I'm a producer at a production company. Uh, we do a lot of uh, live events and uh Video production. I do stills on stuff. Um, we work with kind of a handful of clients that keep us very, very busy. And like I said, we're doing everything from live events to photo and video productions to, uh, uh, gosh, what else? Uh, I don't know. There, there's a there's a lot that goes into just those few things. Honestly, that uh, I, I'm learning a lot right now. It's a job that I've been in for about a year now, and uh, definitely learning a lot still doing yeah. some of the same stuff I've always done but definitely doing a lot of new things and it's been a really good experience we have got a good team and uh, enjoying it so yeah and you're based in Nashville now so how long have you been there? in Nashville yes i bit, moved here in was it 2016 yeah okay so coming up five on 5 years, years yeah. oh, wow so
0: all right let's let's work backwards then because obviously you've been in this job for a year and it's been a quiet year not much been going mm. on, so so how <laughs> well, it's
2: been, how's it's that been a quite quite year for us? <laughs> yeah. I, I've spoken to Brad over this last year. His year might be a little um, different,
1: <laughs> slightly more eventful. <meaningful.
0: laughs> <laughs> so how's I mean how's how's twenty twenty been for you? Obviously, starting a new job, you you become a dad as well, which we'll talk about shortly. But
2: yeah. being
0: that you're in a production company and there's not been a great, I mean, you've probably had more. Opportunity to do things than we have in the UK because we are still like in a lockdown period. We're still like from December, our restaurants aren't even open until May the seventeenth. So I know it's been different and this stuff been going on. But how's that kind of first sure. year been doing this and kind of coping with the whole uh, pandemic?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I'll I'll start kind of toward the beginning of last year when the the job began uh nashville itself has had a bit of a year if you've kept up with Mm. any of the nashville news um my wife and i where we live right now uh we moved from a different part of town to where we are uh one weekend uh on basically like a friday saturday and then sunday a tornado came through nashville within about a half a mile of the house we used to live in so that was a bit like holy cow you know uh moment And that was also uh, the second week that I had started, like I started this job when we moved the second week that I was on the job that weekend. And then uh, after the tornado came through, uh, she's a teacher. Some of her coworkers were going to go like help with cleanup efforts. And she had been feeling a little different lately. And she uh, uh, called me at work and said, hey, I, I just took a pregnancy test and I'm pregnant. So (laughs) I was like, well, I'm very glad I have this job (laughs) because, uh, yeah, Uh, so that that happened. And then like basically a week or two after that was when COVID hit the U.S. really hard. And uh, I actually started this job as a part time employee. And uh, once COVID hit and we started working from home, I was working full time hours from then on. Uh, at first I was worried that, you know, kind of the last in first out kind of thing with, you know, being a new hire, but it, they, their workload just picked up because of the type of work that they do. Uh, their clients, you know, our, our clients just needed to figure out new ways of doing things because, you know, just because the pandemic is happening, doesn't mean that you have, you're able to just stop all of your business. And uh, in in our case, it was, you know, not a good thing that the pandemic hit, but just like it, p- it picked up business quite a bit and <clears throat> they needed more, more hands on deck. And so I was there to help out. Yeah. So that, that kind of kicked off the year uh, back in, I guess it was kind of February, March of last year that kicked off. And then November 3rd, our little uh, bundle of joy, Eliza came, and uh, she's a honestly a really great baby. Uh, couldn't, couldn't be happier. She's about five and a half months old now uh, coming up on six. So she's uh wow. she was napping next door i don't know if she's up yet or not but she was just kind of napping across the hall from where i'm at right now and she's great she's happy um uh, just a pretty pretty good baby so and it's good being i like her she she made it past the 90 day return period so oh maybe- that's <laughs> all right. yeah you can you can file that receipt now
2: <laughs> yeah yeah so so most people had a had a 2020 will go down in their in their books as as one of the worst years. I mean, and I it would have for me
1: too, honestly. And I I don't take that for granted at all. And I honestly just my heart goes out to all the, all the people right. that didn't mm-hmm. uh, have a great year. So
2: no, but I mean, just on a general basis. I mean, I can't say I didn't lose too much work because of of the book work that I was still doing and other stuff. But I mean, you're you really had a kind of a highlight, <laughs> kind of a highlight year, and you're not you're not alone. Yeah. Like I remember talking, we talked to Douglas Saunders, and he was like when they pivoted and started doing more, you know, remote work, he said it just picked up, you know, a huge amount of work came in. And that's a great thing. I'm not, I'm, I'm just, you know, I want people to understand that. Yeah. Some people had a really shitty year, but there's also, you know, there's a lot of people who had good years on it. You know, there was a lot of things to be done. And we
0: learned a lot. Uh, I mean, all of us, whatever job we're doing, we learned so much about ourselves and what we actually do and how we do it. Because I think the skills Regardless of like a good year or a bad year, I think the skills we've learned individually to help us like push through it. So audio, video, self-management, um, self, ma- self management, um, you know, working at what co- working from home means. But then also, you know, the industries that we're in, That there's things they've had to learn about themselves uh, to enable them to get back to work. So obviously for yeah. you two, particularly, you know, concerts going forward are going to be a completely yeah. different thing for you. So I think, I think it's Mm -hmm. been uh, like an educational year for a lot of people because like this hits like a steam train and, you know, I mean, having a baby can hit you like a steam train if you suddenly like (laughs) not preparing for it. And all of a sudden, you know, there is this this little one at home and you've got all this going on. But, but I think, uh, yeah, 2021, 2022 are going to be three of those years where I think a lot of people are going to come away from this feeling a lot of learning a lot about themselves and how we are with other oh, people 1 million percent yeah Absolutely. and how 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 we behave with other people and how we react to things it's been you know a very polarizing year you know politically and from a health <laughs> point we won't go down that route but it has been it has been an interesting couple of years for every everyone in every industry so pro, so post this job then Brad um, obviously well, I know you through Kelby one you were Scott's assistant what after you moved away from
1: Kelby one what was the yeah <laughs> what was the um, for, for the listeners at home I held up a, a, a bad sign yeah <laughs> <laughs> Brad, Brad,
0: Brad, let us know something we all agree um you you had a period between moving away from Kelby one and obviously getting this job uh, yeah what what, what was what did you do in that gap? I mean, what made you also, what made you move transition from that freelance into full-time again?
1: Yeah. uh, So I'm actually from Tennessee. So my family, uh, my parents live just outside of Knoxville and I grew up in East Tennessee, went to school in West Tennessee. And then uh, after I got out of college, I uh, moved up to Connecticut and lived in Joe McNally's basement for a couple of years working with him. And then, then from you know through him met uh, Scott and the Kelby crew and went down to Tampa for seven and a half years and then uh, after after that I decided I wanted to be back in Tennessee a little closer to family and stuff and uh, I've just always loved in Nashville I've been visiting Nashville since I was you know in college basically and just uh, have always enjoyed the the city and just the opportunity came to move back here so I did you know and uh, started the freelance life and uh, did did what I could for those, you know, three, four years of a uh, of full-time freelance work. But, you know, it's as, as any freelancer, t- freelancer will tell you, especially when you're first starting. Um, it's like, I, you know, I've done some freelance work over the years, but having that, uh full-time job security, it, it doesn't have that fire under you that to, to be constantly looking for clients and stuff. It's just whatever comes to you based on, you know, what work you're yeah. doing out there on social media or whatever. <clears throat> but, you know, moving, moving here and doing the freelance thing full time, you know, I really wasn't doing that many concerts. I, I did some somewhat for fun here and there. And then every once in a while would get hired to do something like, you know, Bonnaroo or Red Bull or Google, or, you know, some other commercial things here and there. And then other than that, I was doing a lot of event photography. There was, there's a, a healthcare nonprofit in town. I was doing some of their photos for them. Um, I, Honestly, I couldn't even, like, I'd have to go back and look through my invoices to, <laughs> to give you a better idea. But um, And then uh, my buddy Donald Page, I think you guys just spoke with him not too long ago. Uh, he he got a job as the Titans photographer. So through him, I was able to get some some of their uh, non-sports action photography uh, that they needed done. He he always had the trouble, I don't know if he talked about this or not, but he always had the trouble of, everybody wanted to shoot for the titans but they only wanted to do game action they didn't care about you know getting the marketing photos and yeah the, did you know the sponsor photos and stuff like that so he he brought me on because he you know, i didn't give a crap about what was going on in the field but you know i could take a good picture out outside of everything else you know that was going on so uh you know that's still still ongoing as they have stuff that uh i'm able to do for them and uh you, know, you you do what you can what you got to do and you you take on whatever you need to take on to pay the bills. Yeah. So.
0: I think that's the danger yeah. sometimes is when when the outside world sees you it's like when they see your best work they assume that that's your day every day oh, Brad's shooting like all the concerts and Alan's shooting all the concerts and, oh, the money must be rolling in and it must be so easy that they're just ringing you up like, and you've got three phones and an agent that trying to bounce off. It's not. You That's, You still have to slog. exactly and, how it is. Yeah. <laughs> you get your agent, you get your secretary to do it. But no, it's, it's that thing of you've still got to hustle, you've still got to work and, and yeah. try and get that those connections going and, and get that work. It doesn't just fall in your lap.
2: And... Well, that that period of time when you decide I'm going to leave this full time job and I'm going to go and I'm going to move to a new city and I'm going to do something else um, is probably one of the scariest things you could possibly do. And and a lot of times I think people, um, they say that to themselves a lot and then they kind of wait and then they kind of wait and then they wait and they wait a little longer and then. They're like, well, I'm comfortable where I am and, you know, it's fine. But you never really get very happy because you're always thinking, oh, if I could just, you know, get this together, I could, you know, go back to where I want to be and do what I want to do. So, hey, kudos for finally pulling, you know, being like, okay, it's time to move on from Kelby and go back to Nashville. And by the way, I've been to Nashville. It is a hell of a city. I would... There's very few places I would move from San Diego, but Nashville is very high up on the list. It is a really nice place, um, except for the except for the tornado like, thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, that that was like no, we have earthquakes. Yeah. So. Um, but how that long was... did it take you from like when you decided I'm going to, you know, my time with with Scott has has come. Is, is winding up it's time for me to move on you know and you did that before with with joe mcnally as well when you came to a point where it was like i need to move on from this and do something else how long did you like were you like okay i'm gonna move i'm gonna be it's gonna be july and i'm gonna build up a nest egg and i'm gonna move was it like a month a year like how long did you literally have that plan going before you executed it and decided to to move and go on
1: So I, like I said before, I was at Kelby for seven and a half years and, you know, all good things come to an end at some point. And I just had that, that bug, that itch to go out on my own and uh, that opportunity came about. And so I, you know, I think, I think I officially, you know, whatever, stopped working full time at Kelby, maybe in March or so. And then my lease was up. Uh, in may and i was you know i was kind of hung around tampa and still still did seminars with scott even for that rest of the whole year and you know still traveled with him and all that and even to this day i still do uh, manage the guest blog series for scottkelby.com and also post on thursdays whenever there's a new episode of the grid and a new kelby one class so i still still manage those two posts for him each week and uh love having that kind of opportunity to maintain relationships and reach out to new people for the guest blogs and kind of uh you know i I do make an effort to bring in new uh new talent so to speak to the blog and also uh, make a special effort to keep it diversified uh from uh just making sure that 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 platform is used for good to uh, shed shed light on people that may not normally uh, be as prominent in the photography industry just because of, you know, historical norms, which are total crap. Um, (laughs) You know, like I, I definitely want to be bringing in people of different, uh, you know, different diversities, however you want to, uh, phrase that. But yeah, just, uh, bring, bring in all those sort of people. So anyway, um, yeah, so that was kind of the, you know, again, still, still working with Scott on stuff, uh, on a, you know, part-time basis to, you know, remotely or whatever, but, uh, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like I need to reword that somehow. But. No, no, it makes sense. It's like no, you. you that that was something so I wanted to talk do about. Yeah. Edit there to make sure it yeah. sounds fine. I feel like I started repeating myself
0: at the end. No, no, here. no. The I mean the Kelby because we're kind of we're sort of going to go in reverse. I was going to start at the beginning and work forward, but actually it's better going in reverse because the thing I was going to say that I know Alan and I have spoken a lot about is connections in the industry, and and I you know every time I give Scott. Absolutely full credit. Oh yeah, um, for relationships, you know, with Glenn, with Alan, with people I met at my first ever Photoshop World. In fact, we have Victoria Bampton on uh, the Lightroom Queen. She was the first person I ever spoke to in the old Nap Forum back in two thousand and eight. There was like seven of us in there, and I found it just before I became the evangelist. And Victoria was the one who seemed to be online, and we got chatting. With uh, yet the podcast we did few weeks ago it was the first time we'd ever spoken but but so so those friendships and, and contacts and things that started through that I mean obviously because we'll, we're going to go in reverse we'll do Joe next but what was the what was the kind of that beginning of that sort of beginning of that seven and a half years with Scott did you did you envisage it being A long-term thing or did you just like get into it and find that all the things that come with that were just building your
1: experience all the more yes um thank you maybe not (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) uh, when I when I first came on with uh Scott and the gang like you know it it was kind of just a to some degree my first like regular ish job like you know working with Joe for a couple years I you know was his was his assistant but like we worked out of his house and then we traveled all the time. So it wasn't like I was going into the office nine to five mm. or you know whatever it was, but you know working at Kelby, I, I literally had an office that I went into every every day when, when I was there. But then still was able to do a lot of traveling with Scott because he goes all over the place doing seminars and conferences and teaching and, you know, uh, even crazy trips like going to Dubai to accept an award from the crown prince. Oh, you, know, like, <laughs> you know, like, you, you, you never know what's, what, well, you never really knew what was going to happen. So, you know, it was definitely a fun, exciting job. And I, I did kind of go into it with a little bit of a short-ish term plan to be there for a, a little bit to kind of help him however i could but also learn whatever i could from him because you know obviously he's the photoshop master the lightroom master mm-hmm. and you know knows knows all of post processing stuff and is a damn good photographer too so you know like being able to be there and learn from him and all of the other people that come through all of the other instructors being able to you know go out to lunch with them or dinner or uh, you know, sit, not, I also didn't really sit down on the recordings very much, but like, obviously I could watch them after. Yeah. You know? So like, you know, there's, there's a lot to, lot to learn just from being present there. So, uh, while I went in with that short-term goal to kind of glean what I could before I went off on my own, it, it was just such a good experience. I stayed longer than I had planned. So, you know, uh, you yeah, know, I think seven, seven plus years at any wow. job is, is a while. So, you know, at, at that point it was just like, all right, let's, let's go do my own thing now. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and like I said before, still, still doing stuff with them, but yeah, it's just uh, a it.
2: different, different beast now. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that company was, well, that company was like a huge, I mean, that's like actually working for like a company that's doing production and putting yeah. on shows and multiple things at the same time, because they were mm-hmm. like, organizing Photoshop world and organizing shoots and doing, I believe you did a lot of the product photography and some of the books that he was doing. And you know, it was like, and, and, and every time we turned around, it was like, there was another, you know, Kelby Nap event going on, you know, two Photoshop's a year. Plus they would come to Calo. I was lucky they'd come to LA or San Diego once a year at least they would, um, you know, there was a lot more going on than just learning how to take photos which is, people think of that like, oh, you're Scott's assistant, so you're taking photos, but um, we've talked since then a lot, and, um, you know, you were talking that what you do now as a producer, and, you know, and creating, and getting all the stuff behind the scenes set up, and all the things done, a lot of that was learned, you know, from how Kelby ran, I mean, and and as a guy who works by myself, that stuff sometimes, like, freaks me out. Like, like really like when they come to me and they're like, okay, we need these seven moving pieces. And I'm like, I just want one moving piece. Just give me a camera and tell me where to stand. And I'm like a really happy camper. And I'm not having going just seven. Right. You know, And like, like the idea that I've got to work out a budget one day is like, that scares the, Crap out of me. Like, I do not want to have to ever figure that out. And then I no. come across you and like Jeremy Cowart, and I've talked to him about it because of something that came up in the past. And it was like, there's a lot of other moving pieces to doing the job that, um, you know, I think is important that people understand that it's not just, you know, walking behind someone and carrying their gear. That's not what an assistant yeah. at that level does. And um, yeah,
1: with, with Scott, it was like he said, I mean, it was not just being there to set up the the shoots but also to do the behind the scenes photography to do the product photography for the books to you know i was doing some uh a little bit of tech editing here and there with uh, his his editor kim that you know she'd be like because she she obviously has been editing his books for forever mm. and knows a lot about what he's writing but every once in a while she'd be like asked me to come in and check double check something if it made sense and Then there's all of the stuff that I'm not necessarily directly involved in with all the event production, but I'm there and around it and kind of seeing what's happening and seeing and hearing some of the meetings that they're talking about the different companies they're working with and all of the AV stuff and whatever. You know, like I learned what a kabuki drop was. Apparently, there's a kabuki thing, like a curtain that just drops and reveals what's behind it and it's different than the curtain that's pulled, you know, things like that, you know, whatever. But you know, being around the video team and seeing how they do all their editing and stuff. And then so even even that came into play whenever I went off on my own and started doing more video work as well and trying to, you know, dip my toe into those waters and learning a lot about, you know, both shooting and audio and editing and producing and all of that sort of stuff on my own. So, you know, there was a, a lot of fun learning things there and that's not, not to transition too far away, but that's one of the things I've realized about myself is I enjoy learning about new things um hopefully hopefully a lot of it's useful but even if it's not it's just like i enjoy that learning process of discovering something new and figuring out how things work so that's you know even even in this job that i have now as a producer that that's a lot of what i'm doing is learning new things that i've never done before with uh i mean (laughs) i spend way more time than anyone ever really wants to on forms and that's you know, just creating online forms together, information, <laughs> sign-ins, you know, surveys and stuff like that. There's way too much that goes into it. And it's boring as crap to talk about. But it's been fun to learn. And now I have that skill set a little bit in my, you know, in my cap and can use that going forward on other things Yeah, terms,
0: so. and those skill set, I was going to say there's. I know when I worked for my dad in engineering. And, like, y- you find yourself doing the things daily, whether they whether it was your job or not. Like you say, you're working around... The web team and the the AV and the video production. Then all of a sudden one day you just find yourself naturally understanding. Like someone will ask you a question and you know how to answer it, or you know how to sit down and start working it. And it's kind of that you've just absorbed it and absorbed it till in the end it becomes like another bit of a bolt on of Brad Moore. It's like oh I've learned this thing, I've learned this thing. So so then you find yourself.
1: There's, there's an episode of. There's an episode of Scrubs that I love where oh. one of the characters fakes that she's this expert on whatever topic it was and she starts like writing things on it yeah, and Elliot, she's hiding notes place. around the and hospital by, <laughs> Elliot, and by, by the end of the episode <laughs> she gets asked to speak as speak at this event as the expert on this topic and she's scared to death to do it because she's like I'm not really this expert and Zybros character asks her a question and she knows the answer and he's like you you've, you've absorbed it like you've been doing the work you're learning yeah. it. so now you do know it you just don't realize that you know you know so that like that that's what it is you're around these things so much that it just kind of gets absorbed through osmosis or whatever that even even if you you know try to do it yourself you could figure it out like you you may not know it as well as somebody who's got 20 years experience but like you're you're getting the you're
0: speaking their language and you've just gone up in my estimation because i literally just about a month ago finished binge watching the first eight seasons, I ignore the ninth. It does the ninth season does it not count; exist. doesn't exist. exist. But yeah, I just binge watched it, and oh man, I just
1: anyone ref, uh, that anyone that any, that, see, that series finale is just like perfection. Yes, yeah, the season eight, yeah, season, when, finale, when he leaves, yeah, season nine, no, season nine is awful. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, so I mean, from that from that Kelby time, obviously the things that you did, that's yeah. where I got, that's
1: where I met you. That's kind of Alan's already knew, but that's where we met you. I, I think my introduction to you was at photoshop world and nancy Messe, the yeah. social media guru at the time was running around the expo floor and ran into me she's like have you seen dave clayton anywhere like who <laughs> she's like the, the british nap evangelist i'm like we have an the yeah. <laughs> he's he's the
2: he's the palest person here you'll find him he glows in the dark he's...
1: she's like just listen for a british accent you'll hear <laughs> Yeah, I (laughs) I think that was before Glenn was around. Yeah, that was so that was the that was twenty
0: ten, and that was when I met Alan for the first time, and and Mm -hmm. I I mean when I did my book, I I mean it's like so many different I mean highlights from that, but like getting to write a book for Scott within ten years of knowing him. Um, i credited nancy in the book i gave her a i gave her a, a specific thank you because nancy was so supportive in the beginning that i don't think any of that stuff would have happened without her pushing it but yeah i remember that first photoshop world and being like being introduced to so many people and i felt really tiny but it was good like finding those people and, and working like the photoshop guys were were the people I'd been watching Photoshop Music TV, like people watch The Walking Dead. Like, I couldn't wait for the next episode.
2: Mm-hmm. It was
0: really good stuff.
2: So similar. Um,
0: but I mean, what was what were sort of some of your highlights of that time? Mm. Uh, either people you've met or, or specific at Photoshop Worlds or anything. Oh, goodness. Don't want to put you on the spot. I mean... Me, in yeah, me, obviously, then... but aside from that
1: i mean yeah dave and alan just the i don't know i don't remember meeting anyone else <laughs> that dave has, no, <laughs> <laughs> i mean but for real like you guys were definitely highlights because um, again you, you meet so many people coming through there and i like i don't i almost i'm almost hesitant to mention to say anybody specific because there's so many people that i don't want to leave out but well i mean gosh, yeah ra- um... i mean encapsulate that it's the,
0: the the people you've met, not, not to leave anyone out. Cause I always feel the same is I think yeah. some of the people well, in the industry that weren't Kelby people um, that I've obviously got to watch you from afar. I mean, I love being in your company. We've had some great laughs and there's some fantastic photos of her. I even dug one out the other day. If someone yeah. said to me, Oh, we've got this restaurant. It's called cracker barrel. Have you ever heard of it? And straight away, I mean like, here's a picture of me and Brad and Corey and Clean <laughs> <laughs> sat in rocking chairs. And so, but I, I know every time yep. I've been like one of the big highlights is when we get to spend time together. Cause we've got the same like, similar sense of humor. We have That's sweet laugh so much.
2: You guys, you guys are actually very similar because you both like to, to like, Hey, have you met? And then you're like dragging someone across to meet someone else. Cause it was, it was, I mean, I remember Brad, you're like, have you met Adam el Macias? I'm like, no but we live in the same damn town <laughs> like we we're at the same places and you're like oh he's coming so we got to like sit down and you, you got to meet him and um and I, I remember talking before and i can't remember if it was my second or third or maybe in the first photo triple, and you're like oh yeah and you, you got to meet you know drew gurian you know because he's only shot everyone all i'm like then why am i here <laughs> like, like why am i coming to photo? like you've got him you know like and you know but. It was like again. It was like, oh, you guys will have so much in common, and you know, we're friends to this day. You know, it is, it's it was that kind of stuff that you both do it. You, you know, you're both really good at it. That um, that's I one think of my may- favorite
1: things to do, honestly, is just to connect people and like you, you're you're both awesome people, and you have stuff in common, and you just, yeah. you just need to be friends. That's all.
2: <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people don't think that way. It's a it's a mindset because. I think about it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm one of those guys who are like, oh, man, you know what? They would have really gotten along had I introduced them when we were all together. But I didn't because I don't think that way because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a jerk. Well, I'm going to blow
0: some smoke up your backside now because one of the things... No, not oh, you. thank you. Yeah, Brad. Oh, Brad. This is all about Brad, <laughs> not you, Alan. Um, one of the things that I absolutely love you for and respect you for is... You've done all this stuff. You've worked with Joe, you've worked with Scott, you've been around so many people. But you've got this really kind of awesome ability to never be in anyone's face, to never like shout from the rooftops, I'm super important, look at me, stop looking at them, look at me. You know, some people like their ego really gets to them and it's like, that's enough about me, let's talk about me now. You've not done that. You've like done all this stuff and yet you are still to me like one of the most like humble down to earth people that you kind of almost like when you talk about it, you're not bragging. It's kind of it's it's your CV that you're talking about. But you've you've never been that kind of person that's that's been that in your face. I'm more important than everyone else. And I think that's a credit to how you've worked with good people and how you've progressed and how people want to help and support you. And how you managed to get a, have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I respond, I respond to my right. joke in a serious answer. I'm probably the most humble. <laughs> <one>. um, <laughs> no. uh, but one, one, honestly, honestly, one of the things that was instilled in me early, early on has been just hammered in. Just not hammered in, but like, I've been constantly reminded of throughout the years is... I'll, I'll tell a story from college. Uh, there was when I was in college, there was uh, another student photographer that I was friends with, and I was meeting with my photography professor, and we were talking about like summer photography internships, and he brought up this one internship that um, I, I forget what it was. It wasn't something that I was interested in doing, but I was like, well, what about this other person? and he was just like no nah, he he's he's a little too cocky and i don't want to i don't want to put my name on the line for them and so that was just like oh okay then um i was i was doing a talk at uh actually my photo professor ran helped run a photojournalism conference uh, over the years and i they invited me to speak after i had gone on to do other things and I was like, okay, I've got my stories to tell, but I want to, like I'm in a unique position here at Kelby that I have these connections to all these other amazing photographers. And I think that it's only going to make me sound better if I talk to them with all this other experience and and incorporate some of their, uh, you know, genius and experience and knowledge. And so I, I basically called just a list of, of instructors and asked them, different questions and then put kind of a best of quotes together for my presentation. And one of the stories that I always tell to this day was from Dave Black. He was covering the Olympics in, I think, Beijing uh, for Newsweek. And there was this other photographer that had joined the team just for that event. And he never met the guy, but he kept seeing his work come in and you know through the, through the workflow or wire or whatever and just every single shot this guy did was just amazing. I don't actually know who hmm. the guy was. He never told me. You know, he's, not, he's not out there trying to remember anybody else, else's name. But um, every time this, this guy's work would come in, Dave was just like, oh my gosh. And you know if Dave Black is impressed, yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. So the end, of, the end of the Olympics come, he's talking with his editor and they're talking about how just kind of doing a recap of how everything went and Dave brought up that guy and was like, man, I guess we're going to see him at the next one he kicked he kicked butt like he knocked it out of the park and his editor said nah he's like what do you mean he might like he was probably the best one here and he's like he was too difficult to work with he he just was complaining the entire time so those two stories to say it doesn't matter how good you are at what you do if you're a jerk if you're difficult to get along with and difficult to work with nobody's gonna want you around so not to say that I would be a jerk otherwise, but those, <laughs> no, those things have been those those things have been instilled to in me. It's like you know you you got to be you know somebody that people enjoy being around. And I honestly, even in in this new job, I have my days where I just want to throw stuff through the window. But like I, I got to remind myself to keep it together, so that you know I, my stress doesn't allow me to become the jerk and get fired or you know have a reprimand or whatever it is. You know like. It doesn't doesn't matter what's going on if you are letting it get to you to the point that other people don't want to be around you. Yeah. That's not so point. when they
0: make when they make the no, film it's... of my life, <laughs> I want you to play me in the film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get it together. See, Alan's, Alan's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, I th-
2: that is that is one of the, the truest things. I mean, I've I've um, there's a lot of times I don't describe myself as a photographer to some of the clients I work with, especially the corporate ones. It's a problem solver with a camera because they don't come and go, oh, you know, they don't go, well, the light is going to be really good around lunchtime outside, you know, and so we're going to need a portrait of 28 people, um, you know, looking good while they're eating lunch, you know, at a cafeteria style conference. So, yeah, make that happen. And I don't go, oh, that's impossible. It's like, okay, we'll figure out a way to make that happen because that's literally yeah the job and Joe, so and Joe if better, could do it if
1: it's, if it's at lunchtime they better be giving <laughs> you a 40 by silk to fly
2: overhead well you know we just we just move them, we just move them all to the yeah. you know the shadow of this building we, you know we'll yeah. get them we'll get them going and we'll you know take a trick from someone and but the idea that it's like no i can't do that because it's not what i want to do doesn't fly in the world of freelance photography it just it just doesn't because the next time that job comes around they'll find someone who'll say yes and, you know, and do something as opposed to, you know, the guy who was just full of problems. Um, so I never, I've never heard that Dave Black story. That's a really good one. I got to, you know, that's.
1: Yeah. Or, or if it's something you don't want to do, you find a way to, to get them to not want to do it as well without yeah, saying, I don't want to do this. Like the time that I was doing an artist portrait for a client and they were like. Oh, come walk over here with me real quick. And I walked over with him. And they're like, these train tracks are awesome. But he had his guitar <laughs> on his back. Walking down, I was just like, um, well, in the time frame that we're going to have him, and you want me to get three setups, this is just a little too far away from the venue for him to be back in time for the show or for Soundcheck or whatever it was. Let's look at this tree over here. <laughs>
2: right, and Bob Dylan <laughs> did that well, one. Shoot, you know.
1: shoot the guy carrying his guitar down the railroad. That's tree. never come been on. done before. <laughs> A no. breaking. And, and. Get a suitcase in his other hand. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: No, it, a lot of times, <laughs> you know, I, a lot of times, what will happen with those kind of things is, um, I will say, sure, let's do that one first. <laughs> let's just, let's just get it done and then let's got, do these two stories. frames <laughs> that's all we need yeah well, you know we're, we're good and and honestly sometimes it's just it's that the first frames are always the hardest because especially working with someone new you know you got to talk to them the and, rapport, and yeah and i'm, I'm and warmed up. Yeah. i've watched you know and, and i know you've seen it i've watched mcnally walk into a room and talk to someone he's never met before and within like 30 seconds they're like his best friend and we'll do a headstand on a you know on the front of a car hood you know out front yeah while holding another flash just because i can't i don't have that rapport i need a couple of minutes with someone so doing the crappy shoot
1: for him that comes with all those years of experience of having to make stuff work in really difficult situations like he he can he knows he can turn it on and make stuff happen and that's it's one of the things i was telling somebody uh there's actually another person that just got hired at my company and we're talking and i was telling them about. You know, whenever I was with Joe and we did these, uh, these, this one project, the client hired him a, because of his work, obviously it's freaking Joey yeah. Nally, but they hired him for his work and his experience, but also after, especially after that first job and then there were other jobs coming through, like they knew that he would entertain the crap out of them at dinner because he had <laughs> story after story after story. Nice. You know, like, that's just, that's just who he is. Like, he's, he's an entertainer, and he, he can turn that charm on. And, just, and he's uh, a damn
0: hard worker. I, I actually had a conversation this week with someone it. and said, well, oh, don't yeah. ever whine about your job until you can work as hard as Joe McNally. Not, I mean, Joe will get hired more than you or I, but Joe works when he's working. And I think the work ethic mm-hmm. there of anyone is just to be, you know, Look at that. Don't just look at the body of work, but look at the work ethic of someone. Something else I was going to say to you uh, was also, and I know I've I've tried to do it, is rather than just do the thing you were told to do, I think you develop that skill to know what other things you need to do that had... You know, if, if like, Scott had said, well, did you get any behind-the-scenes stuff today? And you go, well, no, you didn't ask me to. Whereas you would probably be shooting more behind the scenes stuff that he would ever think that he'd needed until you've shown him oh by the way Scott I also did this this and this and I think that's a skill that you learn is what are the gaps what can I do to fill the gaps that makes me a enjoy my job and b be valuable and and kept on because at the end of the day whoever we work for we still want to keep our job and and be good at it and have someone speak nice things of you
1: even if that's even if we're yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I'd love to, fire, love to fire myself. So, I mean, yeah. in, in. I mean, honestly, but that's really when you need to think through everything and try to make sure you're not missing anything. It's when you're working for yourself. No, there's nobody there to backstop you. It's just you. And if you don't think of it all through, you're going to lose the job from whatever client. True. Are
0: so, yeah. so let's go backwards another step. Then we've been talking about Joe. Sure. How the hell do you get? working with Joe McNally. Like, for a lot of people listening, it's like, you know, they would be wanting to work with the name photographer. What was that process? Um, and kind of how was that two, two years prior to going to Kelby? Yeah, that... I
1: you it's, it's hard to believe, but I it literally did kind of fall into my lap. I walked into my photo professor's office one day and he said, Hey, how would you like to work? And with that's him? how it happens, kids <laughs> <laughs> But obviously there's more to it than that. So, um, the, so my college graduation was in 2006 and I was participating in the ceremony in May, but I still had summer classes to take to actually finish. And so, like, I was in the middle of those classes and trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do after I was done with school, job-wise. And, uh, like, I had one little lead as a, like, graphic designer for packaging for a company or some stupid thing that just, whatever. It didn't happen. And so, I walked over to my professor's office, walked in the door, and he said, how would you like to work for Joe McNally? I said, yeah, absolutely. How's that going to (laughs) happen? So... So the photojournalism conference that I mentioned before that he has kind of ran over the years that I eventually spoke at, Joe, I had taught had spoken there and done a like flash workshop there one of the years that I attended. And so I knew of him, you know, knew his work, obviously, Faces of Ground Zero it had already happened at that point, and just all of his life, geographic, everything, you know, knew it very well. Well, one of his other Uh, friends is a photography professor at another college and one of his students had met joe uh, i think joe had come to actually like teach at their school or something at one point but he had made that connection with joe and was actually joe's uh assistant for a little over a year and then he was he decided he was going to move back to tallahassee where he was from and go on, on his own and so his professor knew that I was graduating and called my professor and said, Hey, is Brad still looking for a job because this is going to be available and, you know, trying to just trying to put out the orders to see if we can send somebody else Joe's way, that would be good. So uh, my professor, Jim thought of me and I literally walked into his office at the right time and uh, we talked about it. And so I, Put my portfolio together and FedExed it to Lynn Mastro, Joe's studio manager, and um, had a couple phone calls with her. A phone call with Joe when he was in—I uh, think he was actually in China and doing some pre—some pre-work for the Olympics at the time. And so we had to like line up our schedule so that it was like he was about to go to bed and I was just getting out of class. You know, I had that phone call and then uh, they flew me up for a weekend and liked me and offered me the job. So wow. And wow. um, and that's <laughs> I, I, and I, I had obviously like, I had had to uh, if if anybody knows Joe and his his wife Annie I had also had to pass of course the Annie test. Yeah. you know <laughs> so uh, Joe Annie Lynn you know because like like I said they Joe works out of his house Annie also worked out of there at the time because uh, she worked for Nikon yeah Icon,
2: and she was, was still there. she was still working for Nikon she definitely. was Nikon
1: tech rep and mm-hmm. then Lynn her office is at the house and then I lived in the basement and worked uh, in, in the office down there. And so like, it's, it's a close knit group. So like, you, you can't just be like, Oh, well he'll be all right for the work, but I don't get along with him. No, like you got to work together.
2: So, see, see, yeah, in, you, in my head, I keep thinking that situation is a lot like the princess bride, like he's the dread pirate Robertson. He might kill you in the morning, you know, but you know, if you survive <laughs> one more shoot, you, you get to live another day and you know, yeah. but probably kill you tomorrow. You know, just that. Yeah. That's, well, that,
1: well, that, well, no, that that was that was more probably what I was going through my head when we were in Mexico. Uh, that, those were the thoughts going through my head. The other thing going through my head was the track yeah. trailer. So, so did you know <laughs> um, what to
0: expect? I mean, like, do you want to work for Joe McNally? It's a bit kind of like, hey, do you want to
1: work with Keith Richards? And you're like, I, I mean, honestly like I I knew who he was and I knew the type of work that he did, but I didn't know what I was going to be doing at the time. I I knew. Um, as much about lighting as he has, like in half of his piquito. So I knew that if you put a flash on the camera and tilted it up and turned the power down a little bit, it looked better than if it were straight ahead. That was the that, that was the extent of my lighting. Hold on, let me write that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all, all the book, all the books that Alan has tech edited,
2: he just yeah. all, all the stuff. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's like strobus.com. And <laughs> <laughs> where's Joe's uh, book?
2: No. Like, well, there's actually, it was, it was funny when I, I did a book on Nikon creative lighting. It's the yeah, big CLX. monster for, yeah, the, the big monster book. And, um, you know, that was actually offered to Joe before I was offered to me the, the th- and I talked to the publisher. I'm like, the only way I will do this book is if I know that Joe doesn't <laughs> want to do it because literally he's got more information i'll have to look the stuff up it's in his head and i remember sitting and i remember sitting at like three o'clock in the morning and i was working on something about repeating stroboscopic flash thing and i'm like i just can't there's i emailed joe i literally like was like dude i am stuck i I am i am and two days later i got like a Four line email reply, which was like the exact answer to what I needed. That I was like, oh my god, he's
1: <laughs> yeah. It was like oh, I'm just gonna put that right, you know? Um, yeah, and, and honestly, like even with that sort of stuff, that Joe's an amazing writer, but he's not a technical writer. Like no. he'll he'll tell you how to do stuff, but then like he's like, okay, that's how you do it. Yeah, but like mm. here's why you do it. Yeah. You know, here's so, here's here's the story you're trying to tell. That's just the te- the technical info you need to get there to make it happen. But like here's why
2: you know. So that so. So seriously how on earth do you put together a portfolio <laughs> in college to send to someone I mean, like mcnally and then do you look yeah. at it like later on and go oh my god how i still got the job you know yeah you know? it's
1: honestly at that point um the well let's see i again i also didn't know what a c-stand was and then like whenever i went to visit like i walked into his garage and it's just like you know grip gear everywhere and drawers full of strobes and, you know, all these Elinchrom packs or, you know, whatever. It's just like, I I don't know what this stuff is, but um, the, Oh, actually this is going back to the other stories about you blowing smoke up my backside. Um, I actually asked Joe exactly this question because whenever I started and I literally was thrown into the deep end. The first thing I assisted him on uh, was a location portrait in the Atlantic Ocean, off the coast of Atlantic City, with the Coast Guard rescue divers, with a helicopter hovering overhead, him in the water and me holding a boom pole out. We've the all done that job. With a flash on it, to light, to light the swimmers. So that was the first thing I ever did with Joe, was that. Uh, besides going out to lunch with him one day. but um, Yeah, so literally thrown into the deep end, and thankfully, thank God, uh, on that production, the Coast Guard photographer that was with us, uh, Tom Sparduto, Great guy uh, at the end of the, at the end of it, he, I, I look, I was looking at him in the eye. I was just like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. I had no clue how to work these flashes. I don't know. Like, and he was just like, I'm going to see you again in a few months at a photo expo. You're, we're, we're going to be laughing about how little you knew then and how, or how little you know now and how much you're going to know then. And he was absolutely right. So I'm at photo plus and we're just like, holy crap. <laughs> you know, it's just insane. But uh later on i asked joe i was like joe like look obviously you know a year or whatever into this like i can look back at the beginning and know that i didn't know crap about any of this stuff Why, like you're joe freaking mcnally you could have hired anybody you wanted anybody on this planet would have been happy to work for you like you know whoever whoever you wanted could have could have come why me and his answer was i can teach you all the technical stuff i can teach you all the gear but i can't teach you attitude. And you had a good attitude. You're willing yeah. to learn. You're willing to just jump in and help out. And so that—that's what I needed was, you know, somebody with a good attitude that I could mold and th- that didn't think they already knew everything that I could teach the way that I that I work and that you could jump in with that. So, so that goes back to, again to attitude yeah, yeah. Um, and and being being somebody that's you know. Good to work with so i have of my course days. We all do. It's easy to work with i can be a jerk from time to time but, I <laughs> I to to. but um, yeah i mean just you know that that has to be what wins out more times than not so um so yeah that going back to how i put together a portfolio like i just i was a uh you know school newspaper photographer and also had interned with the local newspaper in the city that i was in and just tried to put together the best kind of portrait type stuff that i could and you know tell a little bit of a story and so you know there were enough interesting pictures in there apparently that they're like yeah sure
2: (laughs) so so did you always want to know that you wanted to be a photographer i mean did you go to school and think i'm going to be a photographer was that kind of the So
1: I I went to the school that I went to because they were one of the only schools at that time that had exactly the major that I wanted to do, which was digital media studies. And within that program, there were three different emphases you could choose from, art, communications, art, and computer science. But the major itself was kind of a conglomeration of each of those things. And your emphasis was really just like which one you wanted to dive more deeply into. Mm -hmm. So I was uh, digital media studies com arts and uh, just really dove in extra deep on the photography side of things. so uh, it was just something that had always interested me uh, but it was it was photography it was communication classes it was TV production it was short films it was graphic design, it was web design it was you know computer networking it was all those things and all that prepared me to go work with Joe because I was also the it guy in the, in the studio. <laughs> like if the printer wasn't working bad, <laughs> this, this network connection is, <laughs> you, know, it's like, you know, like, you know. so, you know, that, that, that prepared me well for that job. And then obviously that sent me on to Scott and learned a lot there and went on to work for myself for a few years. And now I'm doing this other thing and it, it all just kind of builds on, on each other. And, you know, everything works what together. What did you so.
0: want to be when you left school though? I mean you've got you've had this great body of work.
1: I mean I left school. Oh right, I so, you, with Joe, so so <laughs> so at school had, had That was my had, first job out of college. But had Joe not Joe. come along,
0: had that professor not known Joe, what do you, what kind of right. it was in your head that you thought you would leave school and do? I
1: mean, at that time I was taking a class, I was working on campus part-time as like basically an IT assistant uh, for the computing services and then I was also working as a server at the local country buffet and then also part-time at the newspaper so I had three part-time jobs that I was working on top of the class that I was taking so it was just like something here can probably continue like I can be a server for as long as I want to be a server I can probably keep working at the newspaper for as long as they'll let me like something something will eventually work out right I don't know. I, I didn't have a plan in place. I didn't have a fall, fallback plan. It was just, I'll be here till <laughs> <it>, you know. <laughs> so, thankfully, the Joe thing happened, and I loaded up my car and drove to
0: Canada. The rest, as they say, is history. Oh. Look at you now. Right. Yeah.
2: So, so I got I got one more question because this yeah, one sure. this one's right up, up up my wheelhouse, and one of the things we've spent a lot of time discussing over the years when did you decide that taking cameras in a concert was going to be a good idea? Cause it's definitely not a money idea. It's, it's a, yeah, yeah. it's a, this is a passion thing. Um, but you yeah, know. I
1: mean, I, I grew up always loving going to concerts. Um, just you, every chance I got I, there were concerts I wanted to go to. And <clears throat> that was, One thing that having a full-time job afforded me was to do concert photography and not have to worry worry about it being a a bill-paying thing. Um, Which, for the record, uh, as a slight side note, you mentioned Adam L. makias earlier. And uh, for any listener who is interested in doing music photography or any sort of touring – I will very, very highly recommend that you go listen as soon as you're done with this episode oh, yeah. to another podcast that Adam is one of the hosts of called Don't Shit on yep. the Bus. And we've had Adam on the yep. show
2: as well. Yeah, Adam was yeah, just on recently. We had, yeah, we...
1: So that podcast is touring one hundred and one, one hundred and two, one hundred and <laughs> three, one three, hundred Like it, it is everything you need to know about touring. The first first season, they go through as many positions as they can, and just kind of talk about them from their perspective. Second season, I think just wrapped, and they brought in a bunch of guests that talked about their the, the different jobs that they do on tour. But like, if that if that existed back whenever I was in college or you know fresh out of college or you know, at some point that probably would have helped me be more of a music advisor than I am now.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, um, the, 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 the information spread is so much different now than it was when I, when, and I'm, absolutely. I'm older than Brad, so we'll just leave it at that. But when when I got out of college and wanted to go take a con, you know, pictures at a concert, they, we were still using film, you know, there was no slides and, and there was no, there was also no security and metal detectors because life was a little easier back then. So we could get away with things that you just can't get away with today. Um, But you've done things. I mean, you've done some things that most music photographers would be like, oh, that's amazing. Like, uh, there was a, oh, let's just shoot an entire show at Red Rocks, you know, with all access. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, th- things, things like there's iconic, like, you know, like working at Bonnaroo or doing stuff, you know, yeah. at the at the big shows. Or um, I know you did some stuff at the new arena when they were opening it up. Um, recently, you, I know you were working with David Bergman and, and, uh, and shot some of... Uh, I can't think kind of, the same
1: of with you. kind of. Luke Combs, um, yeah, Luke, You did some so, of Luke
2: Combs, and um...
1: so here, here's what I'll say about pretty much any of those things that you just mentioned. A lot of them, I, I, I honestly, almost all of those have fallen into my lap. It's not necessarily things that I have actively pursued, but and again, this is going to go a little bit a little bit antithetical to what Dave was saying about me earlier it's because I put myself into a position to be found and connected with uh, the people that have brought me into those things. So it's, you know, it is doing the work and showing it on whether that's website, Instagram, whatever, and also making the connections uh, with people that then later on, you know, not, it's, it's not making connections to benefit yourself. It's just making genuine connections with people that you enjoy being around and being friends with and working with. And then they just, they, they happen to go on to do things that they can bring you in on. And that's just, yeah. that, that is how life in general works, not just photography but, or any industry, but just life. So um, specifically those things uh, start with Red Rocks. Uh, I did a lot of Christian music photography uh, early on, but honestly, because it's just easier to get into. I feel like that. Some might say that's true of the mu- Christian music industry in general. That's why some Christian artists exist, is because they can put it <laughs> in the real world. I might get in trouble for saying that from some people, but truth hurts. Whatever. So anyway, uh, some of the shows were <laughs> easier to get into and uh, kind of built my portfolio on, honestly. So one of the first shows that I shot was this massive tour called Winter Jam. Uh, I don't think it happened this year, but it's it's still actively ongoing. And they go to all of the arenas around the country and sell them out night after night after night on this tour. So I was able to get into that and uh, shoot one of those shows early on. And on that show was a band called Third Day. Third Day has been around for a very long time, or had been. They they have since done a farewell tour and are no more. But uh, at the time they were one of those bands that I grew up listening to in high school and stuff. And I was sitting on my couch one night watching TV and just happened to open Facebook. And I had a Facebook message from this guy named David Carr. And I was like, that name sounds so familiar. And I read through, <laughs> read through his message. And he was like, Hey, like, you don't know me, but like, uh, I've been getting into photography and learning, you know, reading Scott Kelby's books and, Uh, watching classes and just there was something about him that made me think maybe he's a Christian so I looked him up and saw he had written this book about Jesus and so I bought that and started looking through it and saw these concert pictures in there from you and saw that you had photographed my band Third Day and it turned out to be the drummer (laughs) from Third Day and I was like holy cow this guy (laughs) this guy's reaching out to me and he's like yeah we're gonna be in town on tour in a little bit like we'd love to meet up you know so I like, met up with David Carr and you know spent the day with him, and he invited me and some other guys from the office to come to the show that night, and just hung out with him and some of the other guys in the band, and made friends with all of them, and then just kind of stayed friends with David throughout the years, and they did a show at Red Rocks, and I tagged along, basically, and uh, was able to spend the day with him and the, the band, and set up a remote camera behind him on the drum riser, and another one at the back of the venue, and just run around had full access to everything and go through through the tunnel underneath the stands to the front of house board. And just, it was an amazing experience. Loved it. But again, that's because I had done some things that I enjoyed. David saw it, saw a connection yeah. and then we became I, friends and he brought me in, you know? I, I, so, I don't uh,
2: want you to, I don't want you to brush over that. We became friends part because I think that's actually the key to the whole thing is that your ability to connect and be friendly with people, has taken you places that a lot of people who would have been like, you know, uh, with a little bit of attitude never would have gotten there. Sure. You know, and I think that's really key for people to understand that sometimes you don't have to be the very best at what you do, (laughs) but you do have to be nice about it and you do have to be, you know, like friendly about it and it gets Mm -hmm. you, it opens doors that other things just will never do. And that seems to be a recurring theme through everything we've talked about in this podcast since I've been listening and, you know, helping Dave. And honestly, I've seen it. I mean, I've met David because he came to Photoshop World one year and you introduced us. But um, it was like, oh my God, he is the drummer from 3rd. I was like, ah!
0: (laughs) I think you do make, it's that true, that saying about making your own luck is, I think it's unfair to call it luck, but it, it is an element of luck because there's that whole, not just being in the right place at the right time. But I did a talk in the summer uh, to some young students and I I had a thing called bread it was breadcrumbs. And it was that kind of think of the best things that have ever happened to you and try and go, try and see how far you can go back along the breadcrumbs to work out how you got from A to B. Like, was it a connection? Was it a place you were at? Was it the way you were? Always look at, um, like that saying, success leaves clues. Now... If you get those good things, there is still an element of maybe three or four steps for you to get there. Like you said, being at university, being at college, some things happen before you get recommended to Joe. And like that perfect story with the band is, I I said to him, like the value of making friendships, even if, like, don't only be friends with someone because you think there's something in it for you. Just be a friendly guy. Just get on with people. Just chat to them. You never know... They, they might be an accountant, but they might be an accountant for five of the biggest bands in the area. Right. You don't know. So, yeah. So just be a nice guy and, and kind of, like you say, you're not arrogant, but you still need to put yourself out there. Yeah. You can't just be super quiet, but just let them know who you are. They get to see who you are. And then you get the comments like, you've got a great attitude. You know, you're conscientious. You're a hard worker. These These are all the things your wife said right. about you. <laughs> but look i know we've had, we've had you for an hour Brad, mm-hmm. and it's a Saturday afternoon and
1: no that's fine yeah. i i wanna want to still touch on the other things Alan was asking me about so uh the the Boundary stuff that's that's happened twice now and that was both times uh, either I, I i somehow my name got it may have actually been through Dr- Gregorian, but uh my, my name somehow got into the red bull photography realm with those editors and I had actually just gotten to Tampa, uh, back to Tampa for a Photoshop world in Orlando, but I flew into Tampa and was hanging out with friends there before I went over to Orlando. It was at the Kelby offices and I checked my email and it was like, Hey, uh, I know it's like April or whatever, but like, are you available in June for Bonnaroo? I'm like, uh, y- yes, yes, I am. And then like a couple years later, it kind of happened again. The production company that was, uh, producing photos for the google pixel phone emailed me like i don't know maybe less than a month before the event this time and they're like hey we need a photographer to go around with this phone and take pictures of people at bonnaroo so it wasn't even really photographing the music at bonnaroo it was just all the people so we literally just walked around through the crowd most of the time and out of the campsites and all these different places and just got great pictures with this phone so to show what fun. it can do you know so that was that was Bonnaroo. And then what was the other one? Oh, you're asking about uh, that's what photography it was at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. So that one, that's another one where uh, two, two of my best friends, they were at my bachelor party and. Uh, I think well, at least one of them was actually at my wedding reception. I, can't, I don't think the other one was, but I think it was like a conflict of schedule or something, but. We talked about donald page already he uh, he's a guy that i met through scott uh scott i won't go into the whole story about him but basically uh scott met donald and his other friend uh matt at a football game and told them they needed to come up to photo plus and so they came up to photo plus and i met them at photo plus and then donald and i became really good friends through that and matt i probably would have been better friends with matt i i could call him a friend but he and i weren't around each other that much at the event he had to leave early but anyway so um just became good friends with donald now we're basically neighbors uh but he he got the job as the ut sports photographer at university of tennessee because my mom saw the job posting emailed me about <laughs> it because she wanted me to come back to tennessee mm-hmm. and be a photographer at, at the university she works at and i was like i'm not a sports photographer but i know the guy who is so i passed it on to donald and he ended up getting the job which is great um, because then he and Scott, he was able to bring Scott into a bunch of games and I was able to come with Scott and then also visit my family. So, uh, worked out great in, in all those respects, but mm. Donald and I mm. wouldn't be good friends if we didn't get along, you know, like that's just another, uh, at the, at the time that I met him, he yeah. wasn't even doing sports photography as a job per se. He was doing, he was actually, his full time job was photographing baby products. So like there, there's no, there's nothing about that that is appealing to me. I just want to be friends with Donald. Trump <laughs> death, you know? like, I didn't need baby products at the time. Now I do. But <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, Donald Donald's great. Love him to death. And then uh, another guy that Scott also met through shooting uh, the the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, yeah. was Rob Folby, who was coming up to Tampa for the games. From I think at the time he lived in either Gainesville or Miami he's he's kind of gone back and forth but uh, he was doing stuff with Getty and would basically just come to the games and see Scott and start talking to him on the sidelines and they kind of struck up a friendship and then uh, he stayed in town one day after one of the games and like came to the office and was hanging out and then he and I went out to lunch and just like had a ton in common and became friends from there and uh, then he went on a few years ago to become the photography manager for the mercedes-benz stadium in atlanta and they were doing their inaugural uh, atl live concert series and he was having to travel with the falcons to do the football stuff and so he brought me in to do the concert photography there and one of the artists happened to be Luke tones right. whose tour photographer is david bergman so i got to text david and i was like hey i'm i'm here like let's let's meet up and so like we got to hang out a little bit and he was uh he said um basically told me he's like on this song during luke's set meet me at, meet me at the side of the stage and i'll bring you up i was like cool so i got to you know he, he brought me up on stage to to do photography from there and for a song and uh the other random totally random connection there uh, a lot of this a lot of photography i was doing as a freelancer was actually like a uh, short-term yeah. rental property photography so airbnb vrbo that sort of stuff and one of the houses that i shot i went in and was taking pictures and uh, all <laughs> am on the wall where these like luke combs records and awards and stuff and i was just like so i took a picture of, of one of them and sent to dave and i that. Like, you know this guy and it was luke's uh, what is he he's like <laughs> <laughs> All of the random instruments, basically, like, like slide guitar and keys and get, you know, whatever. And so, uh, he and I sort of became friendly with each other. And so like, whenever he saw me on stage, he was like doing all these different like faces and stuff because he saw me saw me taking pictures. So it was just like, ah, yeah, you know. So just little things like that. So yeah, again, it's, it's not about um, networking for networking's sake or, you know, doing it because you want something from someone, but just because people are cool and it's great to meet other cool people. And if you get along, great. So, you know, it, even one of the other even one of the other people that I get nothing from, but I'm happy to call a friend is Kaylee Greer and Sam Haddocks. like such amazing people. So like, there, there you go. There's a highlight <laughs> from the people I met at Kelby and, you know, just hear, hearing their stories and uh, just being able to hang out with them here and there and call them friends has been fantastic. So
2: just uh, I, what, what I, yeah. we've we had we had kaylee on the sh- we had kaylee on the show and i gotta tell you this one thing about about her and, and sam that you can be in the worst mood like literally you could be having like a really crappy morning and you run into them and within like three seconds you cannot help but smile their energy is just so upbeat yeah. and, all the time and i'm time sure that they have bad
1: days so like I, even saying that like i never want to put pressure on anybody that they've always got to be on when you see them or that they've always got to be happy because i'm sure they have bad days too but like it's mm. just, it's just always kind of heartwarming whenever you can see them and, and know that like, you know, there's a pretty good chance they're going to put a smile on your face, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> they just have so much passion. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's, it's, and also, like you say, it's, we, yeah. of course we all have bad days in our job, but when you're at, like, when you're at those events with the people that you want to see, mm-hmm. I mean, that gives you a lift anyway. And sometimes you have to like, just turn it up. Yeah. A little, you know, an extra ten percent because you need that energy at an event because you're bouncing around. But what I just love is is the fact that, like, they're the kind of people that no matter where you are at the event, you and you stop and bump into each other, you can each see your smile from mm-hmm. about a hundred yards. And whether it's just a, a very quick hug or go and have dinner and have lunch, it's they're the little moments that actually, when you're thinking about highlights of stuff, it's not necessarily shooting the biggest band in the world. It's, I remember that time yeah. I went to lunch with Sam McCailey and, Kayleigh and yeah. oh, we laughed so much. And it's, they're the memories now that I treasure so much.
1: They're, they're, they're the people that when, yeah, they're the people that when you see them down the hall, it's not just you see the, their smiles from that far away. It's you start running toward each other in slow motion for for a <laughs> <Yeah>. long embrace. Absolutely <laughs> you know? more. Oh, it's so great
0: to
2: see
1: you. <laughs>
0: and that's how we 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 always are are with each other when we see each other
2: i think i got in trouble with cutting you on the cheek during a photo brad so let's you know we should probably um cut that out but i will say this Uh, the the one time that that dave ever saw me work at a concert was actually luke Holmes, hmm. and he came to san diego right after an adobe max and i just kind of Dave just kind of came along with me because it was at my venue, and I, I know people, so I <laughs> just walked Dave in the back, yeah. and uh, the funny part was we did a little trade shot beforehand with Luke and the and the, the management, and so Dave's, Dave Bergman was there doing all the meet and greet sure. photos for Luke, and then it was like we pull my people in, and um, they pose with Luke, and I take a picture, and after that's all done, I turn around to Dave Bergman, and I go, um my name's alan we have a friend in common uh, and he looks at me and i go uh we're both friends with brad moore and he turns around like brad's here where's brad and i'm like oh no dude i'm sorry i didn't mean to get you all excited it's me <laughs> oh, who's here hilarious. but but we both know brad and you know um uh but it was it was really cool because it was like that little like he didn't know me from that's funny adam like literally we've never we'd never he, met he, didn't, know from, he didn't know you he didn't know from
1: adam mccannes <laughs>
2: No. He, and, yeah. and Adam and I look so yes, similar. Exactly. Uh, but but it was like that, that really cool moment where it was like, because we have a mutual friend that everyone actually respects. Like if I would have thrown out a name where that he's like, well, but it was obvious like he was like, oh, wait, okay. So now because... Because you actually know Brad and are willing to say that out out loud, like you're not joking about it, or I can check with it, and I know you're friends with him. There's a little bit immediately like, okay, you're no longer just some unknown guy sure. standing next to me. You're now like you're semi-known. Mm-hmm. So it was it was kind of a it was kind of a cool thing to be like, I've heard about you, Dave. You know, Brad has spoken about you. Um, I was I was kind of bummed that Dave was still out in the in the crowd somewhere. I was like,
1: so even even, Dave back here too, even but. with David. Uh like I think just like a lot of people got to know him or, or, or became familiar with him was whenever he did the gigapixel photo at the first, yeah. first inauguration for Barack Obama. And like, I think I, I, think that was how I kind of discovered him and his work. And then of course, like from there, like saw all of the other amazing work that he had done beyond just that one, you know, giant photo. But, uh, th- kind of started following him from there. And then that was, you know, shortly thereafter went on tour with Bon Jovi and it was, I forget exactly how the series of events came about, but I think maybe he posted on Twitter that they were coming through Tampa, that Bon Jovi was going through Tampa and he had just literally just started touring with them. And he had gotten a shot at their Atlanta show that he wanted to print out and was looking for like a, a printer in tampa that he could go like print out the these photos for the band for john and i messaged him i was like if you're able to send me the file i work at kelby media group we've got all these giant epson printers you let me know what you need i'll take care of it for you and he was like please delete this as soon as you're done printing it here you go <laughs> and so i met up so i met up with him before the show and handed them the prints and uh he, was it he he said that i could keep one of them he signed it and he said i could keep one of them and uh then he he took the rest and had had john sign you know for himself and and all that sort of stuff so so that that was like he he can tell the story better than me obviously he's the one that is in it but um I, i remember him saying something along the lines of that was one of the things that helped endear him to the band was that he got this one shot that he wanted to give them and he mm. brought prints to the next show and they were like dude this is awesome you know like that sort of thing
2: it has a lot more impact when you hand someone a, a nice yeah. print than when you hold over your phone and go hey look at this really cool shot i took on your you know it doesn't have it doesn't have anyone near the impact as handing someone a yeah. print which is a whole different discussion um okay so, we so back anyway and, that, um, we, did, we did an episode on that too that's again
1: nothing to say about
2: me doing anything no. but just like
1: another example of networking in a way that's just like being helpful to people finding ways that you can help them and then not that this is why you do it but that could potentially come back to you later you know in in different ways than you don't think about or wouldn't know about at the time so I would yeah, say amen to that. The whole karma thing, right?
0: Yeah, that's my, that's <laughs> oh, yeah. like every conversation I ever have with anybody about how do you get to do this? How do you get to do that? And it's like this, it, it's my language, Brad. It's, you have to make them understand that you kind of, like, well, and someone said to me like, how did you get to do this? How did you get to be at Adobe Max? How did you get to be a TA at Adobe Max? Can you get me that gig? And I went, well, I did six years of traveling out of my own pocket to events in America from the UK um, meeting people and, and building relationships to the point where somebody trusted me enough to say would you like to come and do this thing so
1: now if you're that, prepared that's a that's a very strong parallel to the music world <laughs> Doing <a laughs> lot of work out of pocket for a long time yeah, yeah. somebody will eventually recognize yeah. the work that you do and actually pay you to do it <laughs> exactly
2: I'm, ho- I'm hoping that happens yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well look brad this has gone
0: way too quick and uh i could chat to you for hours but uh thank you for being a guest on the show really appreciate it and it's awesome to catch up with you and i hope that it's going to be in person before too long because i'm sure well, something's well, gonna going to
1: happen to san diego in july so uh... Yeah, sadly, I have to book a flight. Yeah, well,
0: that's up to your president now, whether he lets us Mm. back in the country. But but, at um,
1: least there's there's a higher likelihood of that happening now.
0: Exactly, but at least at least I know that at some point in the near future, we are going to be in the same place at the same time, and it's going to be the biggest slow motion run down a hallway, followed by (laughs) a massive hug, (laughs) like the beginning of Baywatch. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, <laughs> thank you for See, <laughs> <I, I haven't. laughs> <laughs> so now we're referencing The Office, aren't we? <laughs> oh, um, where can people see your work, Brad? Where do you want to direct them to?
1: Oh, yeah, that. Um, I haven't updated that in a very long time. Uh, so, my name is Brad Moore. My first initial is B. So, the letter B, morevisuals.com, B M O O R E visuals.com. B-M-O-R-E, visuals.com. And at be more visuals on the socials. Excellent. Well,
2: the socials. The socials like yeah, it's like a. He's, he's a it's Just Google me. I'm a big deal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> if if you want, there was a reference that I made earlier. If you really want to read an interesting story about the tractor trailer going through my head in Mexico uh just google Bradmore Mexico and there should be a Scott Kelby <laughs> Scott Kelby guest blog show up from like 2008 or so that uh 2009 somewhere
0: around there yeah i'll put, I'll, pre, I'll google it i'll pre, put the link pre in the show beard,
1: notes. Far, like pre, pre beard <laughs> bradmore if yeah. you do you know me and you've seen me lately in the past while i have a beard if you want to see me without a beard google bradmore Mexico and read that blog it's a, it's a great
2: story. It's a good story. I, I heard that story from, from Joe over a couple of beers and fish and chips one night, and it, it kept me in stitches. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a long,
1: I, I will be the first to say, it is a very long blog post. Um, whenever I wrote it, it was the first time that I ever actually did anything for Scott's blog, I think. And because I wanted to make sure it was good, I asked Matt Matt Kloskowski to read it before I published it. And so like he said, sure, I'll read it. And he came in the next day and I was like, hey, did you have a chance to look at that blog post? He's like, I'll be honest. I saw how long it was and I was just going to skim over it and tell you it was good, but I started reading it and I couldn't freaking stop. <laughs> He's like, it can't get any worse. And it did. <laughs> <laughs> it just kept getting worse. <laughs> well, it gives us all exactly. hope. It,
2: it, it, literally, it literally will give you hope that no matter how badly you think you've screwed up on a job, you're no Bradmore. It, it is a true testament to
1: how strongly of an impression a good attitude can make. Apparently,
0: I know <laughs> all this could have never happened had you had that all gone even like one one more step wrong. Well if
1: it, if it had gone fully, if, if, if it if it actually gone well without all that stuff, who knows where I could be? But here I am, so I'm happy. exactly I'm happy where I am. I've got to do a good right, so. Oh, fantastic! No, no complaints. No. no. Oh, dude, every it's, step it's of great my, to catch up with. You. Of my journey has brought me to where I am in life and I, I c- wouldn't change any of it a, a bit so no it's
0: awesome. Yeah. No All problem. right well thank you brad We will see you soon. this will be out in uh, May. So uh, I'll I'll let you know but what's going it's, to be.
1: It's currently April twenty fourth for for listeners. It'll be, it'll be yeah, yeah, AM, yeah So that's, that's yeah, May far. May
0: twenty twenty two. No, um, that, <laughs> right. it's actually it's actually quite good because in thirteen wh- months, <laughs> if you've if you've got to the end of this episode, um, it's actually come perfectly. T- I wouldn't even thought of this, but you would have had Donald Page, Brad Moore, and all being well. I don't want to jinx it, but someone else has been mentioned a lot that isn't scott kelby could be the episode after you
1: so there's mm.
0: some nice link there's some nice linked stories there and some shared
1: history so it could be I, a I will, like I will, it, as good as i think it is i will i'm always happy to be an opening act yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be as epic as the star wars trilogy the,
0: the middle three um but no we'll let you go brad love to your wife and, and Tell her thank you for letting us have you for... For loaning me out. Yeah, for loaning you out. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and we'll speak soon. All right. We'll speak Take soon. Take care, guys. Thanks. Cheers.